started this podcast, you're just like, I don't watch horror movies. I've never seen them and I don't care for them. I'm yeah. not going to. Kind of seems like you're a horror movie person. I have enjoyed all the horror movies that we've watched. And then even outside of the podcast, we've been watching a lot of horror movies. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what changed. I think you just gave them a shot. And then I discovered I liked them. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what this podcast was all about in the first place? It's true. Just trying things and then you're like, oh, you know what? I like it. Mm-hmm. First it was raw fish, then it was spicy food, then horror movies. Look at all these great things out there. I know. You've really enriched my life. <laughs> <laughs> at least your palate, if yeah. nothing else. <laughs> and I'm, I wear pajamas. Just like around all the time yeah. now. Yeah, and you wear hoodies out of the house. Yeah, the pajamas stay in the house, though. Yes. I want to make that clear, because yeah, yeah. this will probably be actually in the podcast. <laughs> and I don't want people to think I'm wearing pajamas to the grocery store all willy-nilly. No, Indy dresses like an adult when he leaves his, when he leaves his the house. Yeah, <laughs> except for at work in the summer, where I dress like a grade three student. Yeah, shorts <laughs> and a baseball cap <laughs> and a backpack. <laughs> Got my lunch all packed up. You look like you've been sent to summer camp. (laughs) Well, since Samantha said summer camp, that means it's time for another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Summer Camp Randawa, and with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha. Spooky movies are my favorite Randawa. (laughs) I am my favorite Randawa. (laughs) Wow, yeah. I'm kidding. No, that checks out. (laughs) No, you're my favorite (laughs) Randall. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of I Love This You Should Too. I believe I just said that. And we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Today we are going to almost be back to normal. We had our big spooktober Nightmare on Elm Street marathon. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of bleeding over to today, because today we are going to do a little roundup, go over some of our favorite things from the series real quick. And I say real quick, but I'm usually not real quick Mm-mm. about much. It's Spookvember, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then Samantha is going to let us know her pick for our back to how we used to go, taking turns picking movies for the other, and she'll let us know what we're watching for next week. Yeah, I kind of forgot how uh, pre-episodes go. Yeah. Because it's been so long since we've done one. You know what? I think people aren't too upset when we break the format. They're like, you know, whatever. All 12 of you that are listening. (laughs) Although, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, that series did quite well. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. Thanks, everyone. Oh, and... I don't know if they are listening, but whoever it is in Nova Scotia who started, like, when this comes out, a month ago, and has listened to every episode in, like, a month. So if, if that's you, let us know. We'll give you a little shout oh, out. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Nova Scotia was a province that we didn't have, so. No, we always did all right in Nova oh, Scotia. Okay. Saskatchewan, no one likes us. And also, India is still going strong. They, they We got them when I talked about RRR. Mm. And now a lot of them are sticking around. Japan, you know what? We always love you. They've been going strong for a long time. Mm -hmm. Falling off a little bit, but Sweden's picking up the slack. Interesting. We've had some Swedish followers in the last little while. But you know who's dropped off the most? Canada. The US. Oh. (laughs) We kind of lost them. Huh. I don't know what it was. Probably something I said. (laughs) 
All right, before we get into things, let's thank our first sponsor of the episode. And this episode of I Love This You Should Too is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. I really sound like an announcer these you days. You do. You've really like fallen into a pattern with that one. You're yeah. good at it. Maybe I should start giving them a little more, a little more gravitas. Yeah. And be like, at ab.bluecross.ca. <laughs> so really get in there. Really get into the mic. Oh, that was probably scary. Yeah, it was scary. That was like Freddy Krueger voice. Oh, no, that's like... Time for prime time, bitch. <laughs> that was scary. Well, on that note, let's get into our little Nightmare on Elm Street roundup. We are going to be talking about three kind of categories. I think first we'll talk about characters. Mm -hmm. We'll do our favorite and least favorite from this entire series. Yeah. Then we'll go kills, favorite and least favorite. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Freddy's. Favorite, favorite and least favorite. favorite. And then finally, we're going to do our final rankings for all of the movies. I did this earlier and I'm still not sure I did it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the good thing about this podcast. In 20 minutes, no one will remember. <laughs> I barely remember the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It seems like it was a while ago. I think we're talking about a lot of nonsense today. I think so. That's all right, though. Well, maybe we should start off with Freddy's. Sure. So, Samantha, do you want to lead us off? Let's start off with least favorite. Did you have a least favorite Freddy? Maybe I should ask first, are we including every movie we've talked about, including the 2010 remake? Yes. Okay, so we're going... Like everything that we watched The is whole original game. run mm -hmm. from one to six, and then New Nightmare, mm -hmm. and then the remake, but we will not include Freddy vs. Jason or any other iterations of Freddy, like in Mortal Kombat or that Super Nintendo game or anything like that. Yeah, I thought everything we watched is fair game. Sounds good. Okay, so my least favorite Freddy was the 2010 reboot. I didn't like his makeup. I didn't think he had that classic Freddy charm. And I think uh, that they should have just had Robert England do it. I can't really disagree. I mean, I could, but uh, yeah. you know, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. I, I actually didn't mind that Freddy. I think it was one of the worst ones. But in that movie, I thought that Freddy was one of the better parts of a pretty bad movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not weighing it against the actual movie. True, true. I'm weighing it against all the other Freddies that we get. So my least favorite, I thought I'd just make my decision right here. But instead, I'll just say honorable mention to Freddy's dead Freddy, mm -hmm. where he was... He had a wide range of emotions, and you'd think that would be uh, good, but it's not when it comes to Freddy, because this was Wile E. Coyote Freddy, or the Freddy who goes, whoa, great graphics. Like that Freddy? I didn't <laughs> yeah, care for that. Yeah, it was weird. But my least favorite Freddy must be from Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the dream child, <laughs> the baby demon Freddy oh my that God. is somehow inside of freddy and controls him sometimes yeah. maybe and then he's made up of like a bunch of tiny arms 
Oh, yeah, but that part was actually good. That was good, but it was like, it changed everything that we know about Freddy. Yeah, it was uh, stupid and nonsensical, so that's my least favorite. Yeah. How about your favorite? My favorite Freddy was number four, the Dream Master, because he had some really good quotes. Oh, do you remember any of those quotes? I, I have a list right in front of me. Perfect. Um, I like the tell him Freddy sent you. Oh, to Kincaid? Yeah. Um, how's this for a wet dream, which I think we talked about last sure, week. Sure, sure. Um, and if the food don't kill you, the service will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some good ones. And well, it ain't Dr. Seuss. Yeah, um... I get what you're saying. I disagree. I think those are all pretty terrible, but <laughs> but yeah, sure. Okay. I like it. What? Who's your favorite Freddy? Honorable mention to Freddy from part three, because mm. I think that does the thing you like, but I think better. Okay. This is the first iteration of wisecracking Freddy when he's saying things like our favorite line, welcome to punk prime time, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And he has a catchphrase in just about every kill of that one. I think they're better in three than they are in four. So that's okay. why I put three ahead. It was a choice between those two for yeah. me. And I had to make a choice. So, But my favorite, it's just going to be part one. Yeah. A little bit of a character, more so than any horror villains we'd seen at the time after your Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, because he is a bit of a wisecracker, mm-hmm. not to the extent of the later movies. But he's also used much more sparingly, which I mm-hmm. think is more effective because he, he's, he's actually kind of scary man. in that yeah. one, which he's not in a lot of the other ones. He's more of a boogeyman. He's behind the scenes and he's kind of shrouded in darkness. So this is going to be another one of those things where I ask you, is that how you say it? And I don't mean you're saying it wrong, but I can't actually remember how I say it either. You say boogeyman. Yeah. Like like dancing. Yeah. Not boogeyman. No, not like booger. Or booger. <laughs> Okay, touche. Um, I don't know. I say boogeyman. No, you don't. You say boogeyman. Boogeyman. I don't know. Yes, that is how I say it. Which one? Boogeyman. <laughs> I think I'm a boogeyman. You're a, a boogeyman? Yeah. You like a good buggy? <laughs> but then again, both words work for dancing too. Yeah, it's Oh, true. that's boogie. That's boogie. Boogie down. That's boogie. Oh, man. Oh, now man. I don't know what I'm I say. I'm very confused now. Boogie. But I, I'm quite sure I don't say boogeyman. Hmm. All right, I'm glad we got to the end, <laughs> end of that. I'm all right, like I'm all confused now. <laughs> I'm not sure what I say. The next category we decided on was who your favorite and least favorite characters were. So let's start with least favorite. Indy, who's your least favorite character? Well, you know how I roll. I have uh, honorable mentions. I'm yeah. nominees. <laughs> It's an honor to be nominated. Not in this one. (laughs) So my uh, nominees are Yvonne in part five, Mm -hmm. the swimmer who never swims but is angry at everything. Yep. I have Mark in part five, who starts off angry at everything, but then is just just a real annoying guy. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of happy when he dies. Yeah. Jesse in the remake, Mm. who is angry at everything for no reason. He just like starts off angry and continues on. But my winner, the person I hated the most, also angry at everything for no reason, we have Leslie Dean playing Tracy in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, part six. Ah. She just yells constantly. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with anything. She's just angry, and that is her character. And she's like, I work out and I fight. Ah!" And she just yells constantly. I don't know why each of these movies had like a shouty best friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like we don't want to take the time to write any conflict into the character. Mm-hmm. So what if someone is just angry about everything? And then each subsequent movie is like, yeah, okay, that's a good formula. Mm-hmm. Let's keep doing that. Yeah. Oh, who's the shoddy best friend this time? How about you, Samantha? Who are your least favorites? Um, my least favorite was Jesse from the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street because Fair. he just like was irrationally angry and we never got any character development on him. Like it wasn't like, oh, he's angry because his parents divorced or something. Like he was just like angry out the gate and never changed his acting style throughout the movie. But you get enough backstory because he's angry and he wears eyeliner and he kind of has that hair that kind of mm, comes down. Right. And in 2010, you know what? That's, that's what all you, the character yeah, development that's all you, you needed. Need. <laughs> oh, his swoopy bangs and eyeliner must be a shouty guy. This is too too late for like a proper emo guy, right? 2010? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was already done, but this is the next generation, which I don't even know what you'd call it then. Yeah. I feel like 2005, was that the height of I feel like right around emo? then. Yeah, I remember. Maybe even a little earlier. I remember I went to like an arts high school and there were a lot of emo people. I've, and it was like For some height. reason I assumed you were going to say, yeah, I went to a dashboard confessional concert, so no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Although I got to say, there's some good dashboard stuff. Oh, like okay. Them. They're fun. When was the peak of My Chemical Romance? Oh, I don't know. I think some would argue it's still happening. No, I, I don't know if they went. <laughs> So, Indy, who's your favorite character? In uh, the nominees, or the runners-up, Jesse Walsh in part two. I know I did not like that movie, and I think we were too hard on it at the time because we didn't know how bad things were going to get. Yeah. So going back, uh, I forgive a lot of what part two did because I I didn't know how bad five and six were going to be. (laughs) And even then, though, I did say that his performance was too good for that movie, Mm -hmm. and he was fun. Jesse yeah. was good. I I'd have to agree with you. I think that he was very good. Uh, Tina in part one. Uh-huh. I thought she actually gave one of the best performances in the entire series. She doesn't get a lot of time, but I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I was sad that she died so early. Yeah, me too. But my favorite, the man whose last words were, I'll see you in hell. Because who, who gets a catchphrase outside of Freddy? Yeah. Only one man. And that man is Kincaid. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you because oh, that yeah. was my pick as well. <laughs> and he ties with uh, his dog, Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason. That's the only Jason I know. <laughs> hey, why would uh, why would Jason bite someone in a dream? I can't remember what Kincaid says, but it was really good. <laughs> my dog's just like me. If you pull him into one of your crazy ass dreams, he's going to get wild. Going to get wild. And he got wild. All right, everyone, have a drink for Kincaid. Getting wild in heaven right now. To Kincaid. We're both drinking tea, though. Yes. So our final kind of award for this movie series is the best kill and the worst kill. And there were so many kills to choose from. And some fan made a, like, wikipedia chart um for this so it was very helpful so thank you oh you didn't have them all just memorized i did not oh i have them tattooed on my thigh oh that's what that is (laughs) (laughs) um so indy who's your worst kills So for worst, I think you could do a tie for all of those ambiguous ones at the end, like the mom being pulled in through the door, them being in a bus that I guess is going into the desert or possibly hell. We were just Mm -hmm. like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. That changes everything I just learned about this movie. Yeah. You could say those, an honorable mention from the remake, 
uh, Marcus, who is just tired, and then his head smashes into the camera for a jump scare, and then static. Yeah. That was terrible and really annoyed me. Uh But I think the worst one, I gotta go with part five, The Dream Child, which comes up a lot in the worst parts. Mm -hmm. And that is when Greta is fed so much that she turns into a doll and her face is porcelain and her cheeks are really big. Yeah. Because what? Those are some awful prosthetics. I, I don't I don't get what it, they were going for. Mm-hmm. I think it was terrible. And it managed to kind of gross me out, but not in a good way like some of the other kills. We're right. like, oh, gross, because it's, you know, gory and stuff. This yeah. was just like, ew, I yeah, don't want to watch this. I agree that my least favorite kill is from Elm Street, Dream Child. Which one? Um, I said Mark when he gets turned into paper and slashed mm. up because, like, it didn't seem to fit with the way that Freddy usually kills. And it didn't seem to have any real world kind of implication either. Yeah, because then in the real world, his warehouse home fell on him. Yeah, like, they don't match. Like, usually when... Like, in the first kill, she gets dragged up the ceiling and you can, like, it's, it's, there's real world implications Yeah, to if it. you get cut in the dream, you're cut in the real yeah, world. Yeah, so it He doesn't just, get the color dreamed out of him in the real world. Yeah, so it just didn't seem to fit with the rest of the Freddy kills. And, um, like, it's a cool idea and I think they could have done something really cool with it, but it didn't seem well, f- like, fleshed out. I genuinely disliked it, but I thought it was fun and weird enough that it didn't fit in mm. my, my worst. It was fun. I'd put the video game one in six, like, worse than that, because mm. that one, ugh. It was like a video game, but then it was a cartoon, and then he's jumping around. And Yeah, that was a weird one, too. Terrible. Um, Indy, what was your, f- who uh, made your long list for favorite <laughs> kill? <laughs> so I could say when Freddy was pulled apart by all of the souls from inside him. Because mm, yeah. at the end of the movie, that is how he died, but we learned that he didn't actually die. No. So I guess it's not really a Just kill. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Runner up is Philip when part three, he gets his arms and feet opened up, his tendons pulled out mm-hmm. and is made into a marionette for a giant Freddy in the sky who walks cool. him up to the bell tower and then causes him to jump off mm-hmm. and everyone takes it as a suicide. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty fun effect. But my first one is going to be the first one. I'm going with Tina's death. Me too. All right. Let's yeah. talk about it then. So I love this one because first, it's a practical effect. And I know everyone is like, oh, yeah, the old guy likes practical effects. What else is (laughs) new? But I think the reason why those look so much better is because when you actually have a person's body doing those things, Mm -hmm. and they're things that they shouldn't be doing, like being pulled up the wall or across the ceiling in this one, it looks uncanny and Mm -hmm. it looks unsettling. Yeah. And this did that so well. I know it's a lower budget and people might think it looks clunky now, but I honestly don't. I think it looks fantastic. I think it's deeply unsettling. And then after that, you just get copious amounts of blood, which kind of solidifies it as a real 80s slasher kill. And Mm -hmm. that's my favorite one in the whole series. Okay. I um, agreed that it was... uh fun it um looked cool the way that they did it and um you like remember it for the rest of the series because there are little callbacks to it it's like the original one they tried to do it two more times after that because in new nightmare the babysitter dies in much the same way yes 
And also in the remake, they redo it and it's much worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that this one, they didn't try anything too crazy. It was like... I would say they tried something incredibly crazy and it worked. But I guess crazy for what the movie was when it started. That's what I mean. Like they tried something. It wasn't like so far out of the realm of what they were capable of that it didn't work or it looked hokey. And I think it just works really well with the original film. I think that kill is kind of what I like about the original movie. Mm -hmm. I'm sure lower budget and not the most polished of all of them, but it's just more visceral and more creative mm -hmm. than, than the other movies and the other kills, I'd say. Okay, yeah, I agree. All right, Samantha, here it is, your big rankings. I think we should probably start at the bottom and work our way up. To the best? Yeah. Okay, sure. So my least favorite was number nine, the remake. Um, I just didn't think it honored the original movies well. And uh, the special effects that they were capable of didn't translate into this film at all. Look at you, like one month into horror movies and now you're like, no, they didn't honor the source material. These fucking Philistines, they don't get it. I love this. This is great. Yeah, good call. Good you're call. so happy right now. Um, and then I had number five, uh, Great Lines, but not, uh, not a great movie, Dream Child. Then I have number six, uh, number four, and number two. Which kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like I could put those in any order. And I have a hard time deciding which ones I like. Then I have number three, uh, which was, it was a great movie. But I think uh, number seven was better than it. And I enjoyed um, the reimagining and bringing Freddy into the real world. And then, of course, at number one, I have number one. The original. <laughs> Indy, what, what's your ranking? I didn't put the remake in because I kind of forgot it existed, like mm. a lot of the world, but I'll wedge it in here somewhere. So last place, very clearly for me, though, is number five, The Dream Child. It was mm -hmm. nonsensical, has two good effects in it, maybe, mm -hmm. but it just made me angry and was a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> Then I have the next tier where these ones are kind of interchangeable, but I'm going to put six Freddy's Dead at the end. It was by far the most 90s of all of them, of mm -hmm. course, and really suffers from that like extreme Freddy mm -hmm. and everything was to the max. Is that the one where he skateboarded? No, that's actually in five. Oh, five okay. probably is worse for that. But six is very bad. You got your video game, video game kills where he's bouncing around. It's a mm -hmm. bunch of nonsense as well. And also because it was the ending and they just end with Freddy's dead. Okay, bye. Yeah, it, it's like they ran out of time and budget and they were like, oh, just throw just throw something up. Then I'll go with two or maybe the remake would be in here mm -hmm. next if I included that because it was just, eh, why? Yeah. Why did that need to exist? It didn't add anything. Mm -mm. Uh, then I'll go to Freddy's Revenge. It's fun in parts it's weird so i liked that about mm -hmm. it but it's ultimately like kind of nonsensical and doesn't have enough fun stuff in it i think then i'll go to four some cool things mm -hmm. not a bad movie at all the effects i think had gotten better at this point they had a bigger budget and things looked pretty good we are starting to descend into that road of what five and six will be where they're trying to, trying to be more imaginative but it kind of gets silly at points mm -hmm. 
And then the next tier up, two good movies. I liked both of them, but I'm going to put number seven, Wes Craven's New Nightmare in my number three spot. And that one is, it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's well acted. It actually makes sense, which only about half of these movies do. It was so refreshing to watch that one after Mm -hmm. the nonsense that was like four, five, six, seven. Oh, it was, uh, it was very, very nice. And it was a fun way to reimagine things, and it's a very satisfying ending to this movie franchise that did not get a good ending with number six. And then my second favorite is going to be Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors is just a good movie. It is. I think it is that level of 80s fun horror where you can have a good time. You're kind of cheering the kills. It's Mm -hmm. not truly scary at any point, but it's a lot of fun. It makes sense. It has rules that it mostly follows. It's just an enjoyable watch. Mm -hmm. But, of course, my number one also is going to be the only movie that I would have picked for this podcast (laughs) on its own. And that's the original from 1984. I think it's genuinely scary at points. Mm -hmm. I think it's hugely influential. And I think with the small budget they had, they did what good 80s horror and the 70s stuff does best in really maximizing their fear and putting money into the kills things Mm -hmm. like that that are going to be memorable and i think the atmosphere that part one creates right at the beginning because it's the only one where i feel like the mystery actually works Mm -hmm. because you start off with these people going like oh i had the same dream And that's enough. We don't need all of these things about these crazy backstories and dream (laughs) demons and just having these teenagers all having the same dreams and realizing that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. That's enough to set things up for me. And that's the one that worked best in the mystery part in the first act of a movie. So number one, of course, is going to be my number one. I think it's a great movie. (laughs) Well, that was a very thorough classic indie response. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Yep. (laughs) All right, let's hear from our second sponsor of the episode. Do you ever feel like just a number? A digit, a denominator, a decimal, another cog in the big bank machine, waiting on hold, online, never on time, and always on your dime. Like your worth is only calculated by your net worth. In a world full of numbers, it's nice to know there's a place where you're not one. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future. All right, Samantha, we've gone through a whole month of horror, and now you are able to pick what we watch next. (laughs) So I assume it's going to be something very, very different and not spooky at all, right? No, it's Spookvember, and we're going to keep going, but we're going to do it Samantha style this time. Uh, So we are going to be watching the 2022 um, new movie, Bring It On, Cheer or Die. I'm very excited for this one. Me too. This is one that I haven't seen. I avoided reading anything about it, except for just like a quick little synopsis. Um, And uh, I'm really looking forward to watching it, actually, because I love Bring It On, and uh, you should too. Wow, that's a perfect (laughs) tie-in. We should just go home. Yeah, we are home. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, 
I think Andrew let me know that, like, hey, did you see this? Of course, you guys are going to do it on the podcast, right? And now, of course, we're going to do it on the podcast. So thanks, Andrew. And since we mentioned in that one episode, we've gotten a few messages saying, like, you you have to cover it, right? Yeah. And yeah, of course, we have to cover uh, it. I like that we're getting, like, people who are like, no, you have to watch this movie now. Yeah. <laughs> So this came out October 8th, 2022. Uh, it was on Sci-Fi. Is that a streaming service or a it's network? It's a TV network. Okay. Yeah, like a cable channel. Um, it's Although a, it's probably a streaming service as well by now. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Everybody's a streaming service. Um, it is not available to stream anywhere in Canada, but you can rent it from all the usual places. And if you're really nice, you could ask us. Yeah, we People might. actually took us up on that for like Nightmare on Elm Street. They're like, hey, you jokingly mentioned you can just borrow my box set of DVDs. And they're like, yep, here you go. <laughs> yeah, we were done watching them. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, send, send us a little message. If you need a copy, um, you can borrow ours. And uh, I'm really excited. What do you think is going to happen, Andy? So I have no concept. I, we saw a teaser trailer and all that had in it was... Some cheering, and I think a mascot? Mm -hmm. My thinking is they are preparing for a cheer competition, or they are a traveling cheerleading team. They're mm -hmm. off going somewhere, and they need to stop, and they're going to practice, and they're like, maybe they're snowed in, maybe the electricity's out. For some reason, they had to get confined into one place. It's probably a school with a gymnasium, and then while they're in there, they get terrorized by a killer who goes around. And that's my guess because uh, that is the plot of more than one Every. movie I've seen and more than one movie I've made. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a good chance it's like that. What are you thinking? Um, so the only thing I've read is like a one sentence kind of little thing about it. So um, it the only thing I've read is when a cheer squad practices their routines on Halloween weekend in an abandoned school, they are picked off one by one by an unknown killer. Oh, so that's so yeah, it's, just what I it's very, it seems very generic in its like overarching story. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I'm also excited to uh, rate the cheerleading. Yeah, I'm just excited that anytime a franchise goes into a new and interesting place, mm -hmm. I'm all for it because I did enjoy the first Bring It On. We watched, what was it, five? I think so. And it was terrible, but it was kind of fun Yeah, as well. it was kind of fun, terrible. So I'm excited to see this one. I think more franchises should go into interesting places mm -hmm. like that. Like that new Predator movie that is just a family drama about a family going through a divorce and the loss of a child, but they all just happen to be predators. That's <laughs> much more fun. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, but I wish it was. <laughs> um, so this is the seventh movie, and I feel like after seven movies, where do you go? Space. S space or horror. Those yeah. Are your oh, I guess horror goes to space, but cheer goes to horror. Yeah. Maybe by 10 they'll go to space. Maybe. Oh, I'd watch that too. Bring it on in space? Yeah. Absolutely. Like they've had to create a space colony for the remaining earth survivors and they have a cheerleading team or it's way in the future and each planet has its own uh, like football teams or something mm -hmm. and they are traveling together the football team and the cheer team and they end up crashing on a planet with predators and then they have to fight the predators little do they know that the particular predator is going through a real hard time oh my marriage. god <laughs> You just want another Predator movie. No, but I don't want it to be, I don't want it to have any killing. Mm. Because are the Predator, Predators, 
Are they all hunters or are those just like how we have some people who hunt? Right. I don't hunt. That's not just not a thing. Yeah. Is it like that on the predator world? Are there just predator accountants too? Because they can't all just be hunters. How would you build a society on that? True. You need you need other people to make. Who's building those spaceships? True. Predator engineers. Scientists. Yeah. All those predator mathematicians. Yeah. Wearing lab coats. Well, now I need to see a Predator movie. See? That Predator movie. But wait, we're not talking about Predator. (laughs) We are talking about Bring It On, Cheer or Die. I'm excited. Me too. I'm like actually so excited. And Um, we're recording this before Halloween, so it works nicely for us. And we can just watch it now and it'll be all Halloween-y. Spookvember. Still so spooky. I feel like that's a good note to go out on. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you next week when we discuss Bring It On Number 7, Cheer or Die. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.